Hello, everyone. This is the class for DAF 43, DAF Met Gimel of the book of Dvarim of Lukudi Torah in Parshas Ki Savo, Ki Tavo. Now, uh, DAF 43 starts in the middle of the discourse of Tachas Asher Levaratas Hashem Kacha Besimchub Tulevav. Since you, the Jews, did not serve God, your God, with joy, with gladness of heart, you'll serve your enemies. Now, this is often cited as one indication that it is necessary to worship Hashem with a feeling of joy. Yet, it's demand of us Jews that we each develop such a level of piety that we serve God out of a feeling of heartfelt joy it seems not only unreasonable, but actually contradictory to a second verse that implies that only the righteous, only the tzaddikim, are able to attain this level. However, this matter is simple to understand, as shall become evident after a discussion of just how one may arouse this, this simcha and uh, levav, this joy and gladness of heart to begin with. Now, there are two major aspects to serve Hashem. Specifically, this is Torah and Tefillah. Each of these plays an important role in individuals developing the joy necessary for an ideal relationship with God. The role of prayer is hinted at the verse, and Avraham arose in the morning. That each one of our forefathers, Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, was considered the very embodiment of a particular godly emotion. Love of God, which is Avram Avinu, fear of God, which is Yitzchak, and uh, mercy, which is uh, Yaakov. As we often find the name of one of the forefathers serving as reference also to his outstanding quality. In addition to the simple and obvious meaning, the verse in Avraham arose in the morning tells us that the best time to arouse in oneself the quality of Avraham Avinu, which is the love of God, is in the morning, at the time of the morning prayer. The idea behind this is the fact that each and every Jew, being a descendant of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, has an inherent part of his or her nature, an indistinguishable love for God which is an inheritance from our forefathers. Now, this love, however, is sometimes so deeply buried within the person's soul as to be hidden and unnoticed. And in that case, is referred to in a particularly fitting analogy as sleep, that the, that the neshama is asleep, that a, person's, a sleeping person's mind, even though the mind is active, it's not capable of conscious, deliberate thought. Um, even though they have dreams that may represent things that a dreamer has indeed seen or knows and may even induce particular feelings within the sleeper. But he or she cannot, while asleep, exert any control over dreams or consciously think of them, think them through. The love for God hidden within the heart of each and every single Jew is also sometimes in a state of sleep and that it too does not then directly affect the person's conscious actions and thoughts. It is more like a dream, since it leaves nothing more than a mere impression on the individual who may then know deep within his or her heart that Hashem exists, and even that 
um, that the whole earth is filled with his glory, as it says in Isaiah. Yet, one remains unaffected by this knowledge to the extent that he or she still might transgress the will of Hashem. God forbid. Now, the person hasn't yet developed their innate love for God to the point where it motivates their day-to-day -day life. And they must wake up, arouse the sleeping love. They must become more conscious of it by deliberately thinking at length about the omnipresence of Hashem. And since virtually all of the morning prayer service consists of praise of God and reference to his omnipresence, lengthy reflection during prayer about what we are saying is especially helpful towards arousing this love. And this is the helpful hint that the Torah passage gives us by saying that Avraham arose in the morning, meaning that the reference to the Gali love that we inherit from Avraham Avinu, it helps our soul arise from that state of slumber, specifically during the Shachar's prayer. Now, specifically, what a person should reflect upon during tefillah is the fact that everything derives its existence from Hashem. Therefore, Hashem is the only true existence. Everything in the universe is nothing more than a manifestation of Hashem's creative power. Nothing exists independently of Him. But it's more that this bringing of the entire universe in all its splendor into being does not even require any effort or action on the part of Hashem. It does not affect Hashem Himself in the slightest. A reflection upon these things naturally awakens the hidden love of God for Hashem in the heart of every single Jew, and that is why our morning prayers evolve around this subject, culminating in the climax of prayer, which is the Shema, by which we are ready to declare our unshakable belief in the unity of Hashem. And this is immediately followed by the verse, Vahavta. Uh, to love Hashem, because since proper contemplation of Hashem's all-encompassing oneness automatically results in a conscious love for Hashem, as mentioned above. This is the very nature of the Jewish soul. This natural love of Hashem can be felt by each and every Jewish person. It is built on the realization that Hashem is the only true life, which brings out a yearning in the individual to attach him or herself to Hashem, with complete devotion. However, this may be called a self-centered love, since the person yearns to attach his or her soul to the true source of his own life. It can be distinguished from a second type of love for Hashem, which is not necessarily within the reach of every single person to attain. The second kind of love has no element of self at all. A person's every action on this level is motivated by a purely altruistic desire to fulfill the will of Hashem. The worshiper wishes to be so completely united with and attached to Hashem as to lose all trace of independent existence. He or she longs for his or her soul to return to its maker and to be reabsorbed in Hashem's all-encompassing unity. This love in which the soul delights in Hashem alone is not already hidden within the Jewish soul as part of its nature. Rather, the capacity to achieve this love through contemplation of God's unity is granted by Hashem to the righteous as a reward for their efforts. Now, the yearning that we have been discussing, the yearning 
of each and every Jewish soul to attach itself to the true source of life, which is Hashem. Cries out for fulfillment, cries out to be satisfied by the person's act, the person actually attaching him or herself to Hashem. The only possible way for mortal man, a created entity, to attach him or herself to Hashem is through the study of the Torah and the performance of mitzvahs. The Torah, one may literally unite with Hashem, unity which would certainly be impossible were it not for the greatness of Hashem, great kindness of Hashem, and allowing us to achieve it through Torah. It is this attainment in the, of the innermost yearning of the soul that brings a person to an unparalleled feeling of joy and gladness of heart. The same joy that is demanded of us in the verse quoted above. Now that we understand how this joy is attained, we see that it is not at all unreasonable for Hashem to expect it of us. Is because every single Jew, no matter what his or her present level, has the power to awaken the hidden love to Hashem that's within his or her soul. And we certainly have this responsibility to study the Torah and do the mitzvahs, which study, coupled with the love and longing, which it satisfies, naturally brings a Jew to the joy and gladness of heart in question. It is the, un, is the natural joy of the Jewish soul and uniting with, with its creator, with Hashem, through Torah mitzvahs. It's this joy we call simcha shal mitzvah that is considered very important. And this joy comes to a person in two ways. The first is when immediately following morning prayers, the worshiper engages in tar study. In this case, since he or she is fresh from experiencing the heartfelt love of Hashem as during prayer, the yearning of his or her soul for God being immediately satisfied through Torah study, this brings about the joy in an easy and straightforward manner. The second applies after the worshiper has finished praying and is already involved in his or her affairs for the day. Then even though no longer involved in holy actions like prayer, the very thought that he or she is not so close to God has brought him or herself far from him by sinning and so on, yet still gets to unite with Hashem through Torah study and mitzvah observance, it brings one to rejoice after all at his or her coming back and uniting with Hashem. Either way, through this joy accessible to the average Jew and is not to be confused with the joy experienced by the righteous who have attained the selfless love for God mentioned above, which was that higher level of, of love. This being the case, we see that there's really no contradiction between the verse and this week's Torah portion, which is Tachas Asher Lo Yivaratas Asher Melkecha B'Simcha V'Tulevav. This which is Simcha Shal Mitzvah in the verse until him that we quoted earlier. Yivdus Hashem B'Simcha, I believe, which speaking about that, speaking about the unique level that they have reached. This implies that is the righteous who experience joy in God. Finally, to get to, to get the most of one's prayers, one should contemplate beforehand just how far from Hashem he or she actually is. Also, there are three things which help to remove all obstacles to successful prayer. Immersion in a mikvah for a prayer, contributing to charity, and studying uh, Jewish ethical teachings called Musr in Hebrew, particularly those found 
in the classic work of the Zohar. You should have a wonderful, wonderful day. And that is the end of the discourse of now we are going to move on to the next mimer.